0: Hello, friends. You've tuned in to Shelters by Jesus Radio. Thank you so much for making us part of the day. I think you're going to enjoy this next episode that we're going to be talking about causes of homelessness. My name is Al. I'm here with Seth. Welcome back, Seth. Thank you, sir. As our listeners should know, Seth is the director of Shelters by Jesus Homeless Shelter here in Skowhegan, Maine. So stay tuned, everyone. I think you're going to be blessed by this. Amen. So, Al, we wanted to share a little bit on statistics. I know you want to get into talking about some of the causations. Well, we are talking about causes homelessness. And in our previous two podcasts, just as a matter of review, we did talk about mental illness being a big one and that it does affect it. However, we did talk about that. Lord can meet people where they're at. We're not equipped to handle everyone, but we do endeavor to spread the gospel as a starting point. We have seen people getting healed from various degrees too. You also talked about uh, some other causes, which we're going to get into. But you got a verse It's interesting. I do. Uh, I'm like before we got before we got ready, both Seth and I said like, okay, let's get our verses ready. He's like, yeah, I just have one right here, and then I says, well, I have one too. It isn't Matthew eight twenty, is it? And he goes. He smiles. He goes, well, why? Yes, it is. It is. So. Why don't you go ahead and read that one, Seth? I will. So the point I want to make with this, Al, is that the
1: Savior we claim to love so much and want to serve was homeless. Yeah. The disciples were homeless. Moses was homeless. So for us to judge the homeless, we're judging our Savior. So let's keep that in mind. we we'll yeah, go to Matthew eight twenty. It says, And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So you know what? Jesus is one of those people. And that's something that I keep in mind and keep in my heart. My Savior, the one I profess to love and serve, was a homeless man. Yeah. And here I am judging homeless people
0: yeah. or not he, he serving was, them. He was born in a stable and ended up on a cross. Amen. I mean, just a life of example. But no name of, that's ever be, walked the planet can compare to that. And, and someday every knee will bow at the mighty name of Jesus.
1: Let's talk about, like, some people will say, well, what's the big deal? Is there really a need for this? Well, folks, we are approaching or expected to approach, if not this year, a couple of years, almost a million people homeless Hell, mm. One million. From last year Now. This This is last year, and different websites have different numbers, but we have an average of 600,000 people homeless last year. 600,000. Almost 400,000 are individuals. Almost 200,000 are families. So you have, they broke it down into, let's see, only 20% of that number are sheltered. That's it. The rest are unsheltered. 20% of that number is living in a homeless shelter or has a place to put their head.
0: Mm. those numbers could even be higher too. They could be much higher because this, this is, is just stuff that they they've been able to identify apparently and
1: Right well they've gone to homeless shelters and so there is in most probability a much greater number. Mm-hmm because a lot of homeless people don't know where to go to get help or, or just won't get help because they're scared or embarrassed or
0: whatever. So certainly it's a very real front and center issue that we're facing worldwide, by the way, too, not just here. Uh, I know my wife has some friends in other countries and some close friends she's gotten to be. And she said, like, there's some countries that they have no stopgap for people that don't have an income or homeless, can't ha- get a food. There's nothing. So it, it gets really tough in some places. And, you and know- maybe some of our listeners are are in that category,
1: too. They could be. Know. And do you know, Al, that of that number I read to you, that an estimated, and this is probably higher because this is only what's been reported, an estimated of 40,000 unaccompanied children are homeless. Children living off the street,
0: eating in dumpsters. Now there is an amazing need
1: for homeless shelters. Yeah.
0: If I could interrupt, our yeah. CEO Ken Allen talks about the time when he was like four years old. right? Oh my goodness! And he yeah. was found himself homeless, and it was back to back, and with his brother. And if and they watch a documentary, they yeah, get of his story. If you a watch a documentary, story. you'll hear that. And so, yeah, yeah. There, there are some very real situations like that. But God, in His infinite mercy and grace, meets people where they're at. And mm. so, friends, if you're homeless now, listening, God. Loves you, and he will help you. Rely on him. But we're, we're talking about some of the reasons. We did cover mental illness and ended up going rather deep into that. What yeah. about addictions? You had mentioned
1: that. Oh, addiction is our second biggest cause, but our most frustrating cause. Yeah. And that is because there is this stranglehold over somebody that you know. You can say all the bumper sticker scripture you want. You can do all the pats on the backs and prayers you want. But until that person wants to change and get help, they're always going to struggle with it. It's a very real phenomenon. It's Al. real because it, these drugs, this alcohol has a serious grasp on these people because they've lived a life of trauma or pain out. And the only way to numb that pain is to get the substance of choice that they want to use. But then if they don't have that substance, they begin to freak out because they're like, I have no way of dealing with this and I don't want to deal with it. But you have to get them to the point where they're willing to deal with whatever it is that's causing the addiction to remain other than the addiction itself. My, one of my questions I to ask them is when did you start and why and sometimes after a while of talking they will start to realize wait a minute why did i start oh yeah and then you have to explain to them you're not that person anymore you can let that go once they find the lord once they find the lord but now that's the
0: hard thing is getting them to let go of that trusted substance Well, it's a tough situation. There's no question about it. And so, like, I I do tell people, you know, it's frontline stuff, very rewarding here that we're involved in. But we do have people that come in and there's addiction. Whereas we want to try to keep it a safe place. We do have understandings. There's actually a contract where we say, look, you know, you can't be doing this and that. No drinking and drugging, to put it simply. Right. So, I mean, God gives us some grace. But that being said, some people still continue to make the wrong choices and then they've lost a big opportunity. Um, But there are some. People that then say they want to get free, there are. There and are. you and I have both seen some people get free yes. from that, and it is an amazing thing. Now, yes. there's also some people that are in the middle of it right now, and they're caught up in it, and it's hidden. That yeah. kind of stuff gets hidden. Right. You know, that they're pretty cool for a little while, but to get a little, give them a little money, it's, it's not a good situation. Then, yeah, then their addiction reveals itself, and up, then yeah. they go, you know, they yeah. they check out for a little while, and then we might see them uh, three or four months later back with, after the money's run out. So it's it's a tough thing to be in. And not everyone can understand it either. I'm not saying I do. I never got to the point where I felt like I was an alcoholic. But, you know, pre-BC, Al-BC, mm-hmm. <laughs> before Christ, there was a staple of getting some alcoholic beverages when we went shopping. There was, that was just one of the staple items that we got. And that would be in the cart. And it doesn't happen this way with everyone. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I remember afterwards, you know, should I go get that PBR, that big or that 16 ounce pounder, and I thought, is this the right thing to be doing now as a believer? I think something's happened to me, and I remember just going through that thought process. And then I thought, oh, I can do it. I can. I and I took one sip of it, and it was like it tasted like horrible. Mm. I believe to this day, this is me. I can be this way. I believe that God took my taste away for alcohol. Yeah. I never was so happy in my life. I'm like, I don't, I don't need that now. I found another world out there that I didn't really know existed. And so I found fulfillment in something other than that. And so, yes, and there were some other things that God just helped me get rid of right yeah. away. Now, yeah. that doesn't happen with everyone, but it mm. can. It can happen, happen with and everyone. God can clean out your closet,
1: and He will help you to do that. The biggest frustration now with dealing with addicts is this when they slip, fall off the wagon, whatever you want to call it, it can feel personal. And you could judge them and say, well, okay, you know it's not right. Why are you still doing it? And I think that reveals someone's lack of understanding of addiction. Now, here's something Pastor Barry says, and I agree with him. We all have them. (laughs) We, everybody in this world has an addiction, whether it's video games, pornography, food, cigarettes, beer, drugs,
0: you know. Adrenaline rushes. Adrenaline rushes. All kind of thing.
1: Every person has an addiction. Now, the only difference is, is some are legal, some are not. Some are moral, quote unquote, some are not. And so understanding, first of all, that we all have addictions. Really helps me to understand when somebody slips off the bandwagon. Man, I could do that too. I could
0: be that person too. There, but by the grace of God. But. God, but by the grace right. of God. Well said. I, yeah. I mean, my wife and I, sometimes we get a little frustrated with some of the neighbors where we live and because they're just partaking. Right. And I mean, we call it partying, but it's not a party. It's it's getting inebriated mm. or drugged up to, to kind of numb whatever pain is going on. But I'm, I know she's reminded me, you know, like, but for God, we could be just like them too. Mm. And so we, we want to try to have that place for compassion. And certainly it's a God-given thing. Yeah. We're made in His image. And so we have that compassion. We talked about the free to of the spirit and being kind and that sort of thing. And so, and gentle as we handle some of these situations for yeah. sure. Now we, and
1: we have had some amazing successes here yeah. where people have overcome their addiction. And that's yeah. why we, that's what keeps yeah. pushing us
0: on because we see we do see that stuff that it does happen. That. It
1: does. Yeah. So I just thank the Lord for those opportunities because that's sort of the thing that brings me hope to keep going. You know, even if it's that one guy, well, that one guy now is not addicted he can go out and get his life back together. You know,
0: I heard a pastor talking the other day on talk radio. He said, I sat down with a guy to have coffee. And of course, coffee can be addiction, but they, sure. it wasn't in this condition. But uh, they were having a coffee, and the guy wanted to talk about pot, marijuana. And he said, like, you know, what's the big deal? I do it all the time, and God made it. And so they had this discussion. And, and well, the pastor said, like, you know what? Anything, anything that controls me to the point where I feel like I need that he goes, I don't want to have that control of my life. Mm. And, and he said, and that's what would happen if somebody feels they need that every single day, that would fall into the category of defining what an addiction is. You need that fix right. with some regularity, or you think you do. And, and it, if you it, don't get it, there's an obvious change. Yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, that spoke yeah. volumes to me, just like, I kind of just, good to self-reflect and just say, like, it, are there things in my life that just have a control over me that I wish were different? And so, you know, that it's good to do that once in a while while, but this is part of where these individuals are that we come in contact with. They have an addiction, or many of them, or some. And
1: they've never had a reason, Al, to quit. Why should I? Nobody cares about me. I can't find a job. I'll never get things straight. You don't know about me and my life. I'm so messed up. Why should I even bother to try? So now we have to show them that there's a reason to try. There's a reason to get off these things. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who didn't just make you, but has a plan for your life yes and if you learn to give things over he will give you that plan and you can be a completely changed different person
0: yes we're talking about that verse in Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you. Yes, he does have plans for us. And so addiction is a cause. Some people that are don't want to get help or, or just make bad choices and continue to do so, after a while, you know, they lose their opportunity here. But we also believe that God is a God of second chances and third chances. And, and we and, have given people and, chances. And I do so admire yeah. the, the grace that is available here. So people do find some cures for addiction. And like I say, it that's what we reject rejoice in that because we don't know who the next person's going to be. And so we don't want to prejudge that. Mm. I have seen people that are really rough around the edges, stumbled sometimes, but then later here they are on staff and they're an example of just, no. and they can relate to people then that are struggling with that. There is a huge list, Al, of success stories here. Yes. And I want
1: to encourage our listeners to do this. You are making a difference. difference. Huge, huge difference difference. I want you to know that you are changing lives, bringing souls to Christ, getting people back on their feet. We're not a place simply for people to hang out. And that is something I've always been passionate about. If people come here, first of all, I believe this, Al, that everyone who comes here is sent here by God. Mm-hmm. When they're here, there are expectations that God has on that individual. And that is, it's time to get to know him. It's time to honor him. It's time to change. It's time to put away things, become a man of God, put away things, become a woman of God. And so when people come here, Al, we are very serious about them changing and being what God has called them to be. Whatever that is, I'm not in control of that. But what I am in control of is behavior here and what
0: people are allowed to do and say. And then we give some real flexibility. I mean, we do. And, and we, we accept we don't discriminate against anyone. And nope. so we, we see people as made in his image. And so many times people will get here. And like we mentioned in an earlier podcast, they're from all kind of different backgrounds, mm. including spiritual influences. And we do ask that they attend a half hour, 45 minute Bible study uh, and, and then the weekend services. And how prayer every morning. And praise and prayer every morning. And so it's an amazing thing that just, even the ones that just sit there and say like, okay, I'm doing this because I have to. But then they find out that there's more to it than that. There's people that are doing it because they want to and that there's another world out there. That's and, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Yes! Al. We welcome the Holy thank Spirit you, here every day. And,
1: and we just thank God that he has given us so much grace and mm-hmm. so much mercy here. And he's the one who keeps us going. It is by his strength, his strength alone, that we are here and his... His grace and His mercy that we are here. We take nothing that belongs to the Lord. It's like the story
0: of two men who are walking along the beach and they found all these starfish that were washed up. And there were just thousands of them. And the guy started picking up some and throwing them way back into the surf, you know. And the other guy that was with it, he goes, why are you bothering? There's so many of them. We can't make a difference. And he goes, well, it mattered to the one I just threw back. (laughs) And And so, you know, my wife and I will say that once in a while. It does matter to that starfish. And when you start to see that change out, Mm. that's the Holy Spirit. What about the rough times? I know, like, here, we're, we're talking from not necessarily statistics, but what we see. So there's a reality here. People do come on rough times, and it's none of their doing, necessarily. So you see some of that yeah. as, and, as being the cause of rough times.
1: I do. There are sometimes when somebody loses a job, or, you know, they, they get sick, Oh, illness, yes. Yeah, uh, or a divorce, or just something happens. I mean, sometimes, Al, we can't control what happens,
0: yeah. and sometimes the consequence of that is we become homeless. Sometimes there's like, I've seen injuries that have taken place, mm. medical, you know, an accident in a the car, then I couldn't get to work, I didn't have my transportation, I convalesce. I, I got well, but now and, I got this disability, right. you know, I can't and walk. And the landlord of the bank wants their money. Exactly.
1: When that happens, Al, you know, we always do our best, first of all, people. Because I also put the women that come here from abusive situations in that category, too, Mm -hmm. in that they're here because they desperately need help, but they're here for the right reasons, because they're going to use the help for what it was meant for, and that is to get back on your feet and do what you've got to do for your life. A stepping stone. A stepping stone. But they're the ones who come here and they follow the rules, because they don't want to be on the radar. They're very appreciative of what they have, but they want to get back out there and do what they got to do. Our job at that point is, if they know the Lord, to get them to know Him better if they don't know the Lord, so hopefully
0: before they leave, they do. So they can take Him with them. And to share what they've learned, allow them an opportunity to to share the goodness of the Lord and how it's worked in their life. A lot of of times some of the most powerful witnesses are the people that come here, know the Lord, been through tough times, Hmm. made it, they're getting their second wind. They can help other people immeasurably in ways that maybe we haven't been there or experienced that. And so, yeah, yeah, they're making it through. There are some rough times that come along here. There's some resources they can take advantage of. There's people that help the shelter and support the shelter by offering some seasonal work opportunities. I know that that comes around sometimes.
1: We have many, many people who have such a heart for this ministry and for the people here. They are given such amazing opportunities from time to time that just blow my mind. And know. people get some
0: training here. They I do. know there's stuff that goes on here. I know there's an individual that's lending himself to teaching how to cook and play and instruments. And play instruments, And so there's just some really neat things that, that go on here as far as that goes. And our and hope, is is that, you know, and I tell people, look, once you get your feet back on the ground, don't turn your back on the Lord. You know, mm. find a Bible believing church and, mm. and, and go there. You, you know, yes, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. I believe that, but you're missing a blessing. Right. And an opportunity to serve and growth. And in growth and to be part of God's community and, and yeah. family and to help out your brothers and sisters.
1: You know, I grew up in an abusive house al when I had a stepfather and one day I remember I crossed his view of the TV, and so he launched up from the couch, grabbed me by my throat, picked me up off the ground and started pounding me in the stomach because I crossed the view of the television. And I was just on my way to my bedroom. I'm sorry. You know? Well, I'm not, and I'm okay. God got me through it. God made me stronger. And I'm thankfully, I'm not like that man. I am what God made me to be as far as a husband and father goes, and I praise him for that. So he gets all the glory for that. I'll never
0: forget when James was here, and he talked to his dad, and how his dad started mm. you know, railing on him. And he said to his dad, like, Dad, weren't you ever a young kid before? Yeah. And his dad just broke, yeah. realizing that he had become his father right. and was somewhat abusive. And so that yeah. I'll never forget that. Well,
1: it was good. And the yeah. the point I wanted to make there is that abuse shouldn't be happening. It's scary. It's damaging. It's evil, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be happening in your home. They'll threaten their lives or pull out weapons. Or I personally don't understand that mindset. So I grew up angry with men who break women's spirit. I can't stand it. When a woman comes to the shelter, and I look into her eyes and she won't even look at me. She'll just look down and I can see that broken spirit and it makes me mad. Nobody's got the right to do that. And so when they come so here, that's a righteous anger. Yeah. Anger, oh yeah yeah, way, yeah, yeah. 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 So when they come here, you know, I do my, I keep my distance. I keep no fast movements. I keep my voice soft and I encourage them and say, let me tell you something. You are here. You are safe. Right. And there is no one that's going to hurt you while you're here. I promise you that. And then I introduce them to some of the other guys that walk around, pretty big guys around here, keep everybody in order mm-hmm. and make sure they're introduced to the women here too. Yep. And I say, you know, I just, if there's anything you need, you come and tell me. But we let them become accustomed to the place and start to feel better. But there's a consequence that comes with that too, Al. Once they feel safe, they let their anger out because they've been so scared and so beaten and so raw with anger and unable to share it that they will share it the moment they feel safe enough to do that well, and so that's sort of an expectation that we have expected. understanding understanding yeah. yeah yeah well I don't look at them and say now cool it right what I do with that what we try to do with that at that point is say I understand and you have every right to be angry we have some people
0: that are, that come as counselors we do and, and yes th- that is amazing yes. some of them that are biblical based yep some are caseworkers caseworkers you know? yep. and some yep. of those do some great work some of those are in the family of believers, but we try to get people help, too.
1: We do. First, what I try to do, especially with people coming from an abusive situation, is remind them of their value. Get them to know Jesus Christ. And you know what God says about his daughters... Pure, white, precious. And I want to remind them of that. Shining stars. Yes, that what you went through, you shouldn't have had to have gone through. But there is hope for you. You have a God now, a Father now, who wants to protect you and guide you. And so that's what we try to do and and get them back on their street and and get them feeling confidence about who they are.
0: In the l- I know there's some people that follow Pastor uh, on his Saturday night broadcast. Some of them are former residents, mm. and they just love Pastor, you know, because they had a life-changing experience here at the shelter. Mm. Pastor's amazing. You know, I- I'll be honest with you, if I didn't meet him, if God didn't
1: arrange that meeting, I don't know. Where I'd be right now, because I can't imagine my life outside of
0: this ministry. I love the words to Third Day where it says, cry to Jesus. It says, there is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing. He'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus.
1: Glad you said that, because the number one question I always ask people, no matter why they're here, no matter what the cause, did you eventually at some point say, God help me? And they all say yes. That's amazing. And I look at them and say, okay, I want you to understand this. He answered your prayer. What are you going to do with it? You asked him for help. He's given it to you. Now it's your decision as to what you're going to do with that help. So, folks, I'd just like to thank you so much for listening yes. to us this evening. And hopefully my rant wasn't too loud or
0: obnoxious. Seth, <laughs> you know, you're good. You're all good, Seth. You're passionate so, about this. I am. And, and you love the Lord. And, Amen. and it certainly comes out in your talking. And- so, folks, if you'd like to learn more about
1: Shelters by Jesus, you can do that by going to www.sheltersbyjesus.com. There you can donate if God moves your heart to give to the homeless here and to support this ministry We would love that And we covet your prayers yes. If you can't afford to give You know what? We love you And we'd ask you to pray for us Because everyone can pray Right, Al? Absolutely All right Free so of if, charge Amen So if you want to learn more About Shelters by Jesus Radio You can go to sbjradio.com If you'd like to give us a phone call You can do that at 207-474-8833 Or if you'd like to write us An old-fashioned letter You can write to 12 McClellan Street Scowhegan, Maine 04976 Al, it was a pleasure To see you again, sir Al- Absolutely. We have hope,
0: do we not? Amen. Amen. God bless you all for listening. Bye-bye.